0: All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulkane Co to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Welcome along, listeners, to episode fifty-one of the FS three hundred and sixty podcast uh, from Mulcaine Co. Brought to you by Mulcaine Co. Financial Security three hundred and sixty is our podcast, so we're all about trying to improve your life and make it uh, make your journey to financial security uh, that a little bit easier um episode 51 today which uh we did episode 50 uh not long ago and i forgot to say it was episode 50 so 51 today and um i have got a special guest with me today danny archer from our geelong office g'day danny g'day gavin how you going sorry i couldn't get you on for the
1: 50th episode but you're here for the 51st episode Hopefully you keep me in mind for the 100th and I'll bring a cricket bat in and we can raise it together. It's funny because we had Matt Egan on from lending for
0: the 50th and I forgot to even say it was the 50th, but anyway, so I'm going to make a big deal of the 50 first because you're here. Very right, good, Danny. So, and this is going to be our last podcast, guys, uh, listeners, for 2022. Uh, we're recording this just a, a week or so before Christmas, So, um, and we've got uh, a couple of really nice um, juicy topics to talk about with Danny today. Um First of all Danny is a wrap of 2022 we thought why not look back over 2022 uh, a couple of things that have happened in our world um, and you know wrap it
1: up for the listeners and so we can sort of look into 2023. Perfect it's gone quick hasn't it 2022 it Seems like a lifetime ago at the start of the year, you obviously had what happened in, in Europe with the invasion of Ukraine. Um, that was which, kind of in February, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, which is still ongoing, obviously, but it's not not obviously as um, as front and centre in the news as it once was, which tends to happen with those kind of things. But 2022 from oh, just genuinely, but even from a finance point of view, was a very unprecedented kind of year in that a lot of things occurred. So... That was the first thing. Obviously, the, the, the war and the unrest in, in Europe, which has a trickle effect on financial markets, irrespective of where it happens, but any type of you know, terror or war event does. Then we also had a bit of a reaction to the COVID reaction. So you had inflation went through the roof, which I'm sure everybody knows. Anyone that's built a house in the last twelve eighteen 18 months has probably realised that either the, the cost of things or the time it's taken to get things has gone through the roof. I think anyone that's bought a coffee, a coffee has, has understood or
0: even, what inflation's done in the last twelve months,
1: or even a um, or even filled your car up at the at the Bowser. Obviously, fuel and diesel and those kind of things are, are expensive, but in, inflation was a huge talking point um, in early twenty twenty two. It probably caught a lot of central banks by surprise, particularly in the Western world. No one necessarily expected inflation to do what it did so quickly. Right. So as a result, the central banks around the world, their main lever to pull to quell inflation is to increase interest rates which everybody with a mortgage out there um, and, you know, Matt Egan spoke about it very eloquently in the last podcast, is aware that anyone with a mortgage at the moment is paying a lot more now than they were eight months ago. For the same money. Unless they fixed it, but those fixed rates are likely coming due next year. So there's a a lot of obviously pain around there within interest rates and and whatnot. But the whole purpose of it is the reason why they do it is they want people to have less discretionary uh, savings left over. You know, when income comes in, expenses go out, what's left over – they want people to have less left over, so then they spend less, which then is what is what is um, is what is resulting in the supply and demand equilibrium out there um, being a bit disjointed, which is what causes inflation. So that that's the reason for it: short-term pain, but longer-term gain. In that inflation continuing to do what it was doing would actually be more hurtful to the economy oh, than definitely longer-term. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think too there was some commentary this year, Danny, around uh, people's personal savings. You know, like the pandemic happened. We travelled less, we holidayed less, we spent less, we were at home a lot more. Um, the only thing we spent more money on was you know, streaming services like Netflix. Yep. But um, and in worldwide, really, you know, people have got more savings. So now that things are opening up, there's more spending happening, which is. You know, it's impacting inflation as well, isn't it?
1: So we've discussed a few times, Gavin, in the financial planning team, we have a relationship with an investment analysis firm in Sydney. Um, they're called InvestSense. And we actually met with them in Ballarat on Monday. And every time we, we met with them, we go through a macroeconomic update. Yep. Some people find it very boring, but I'm a bit of a nuffy, so I really enjoyed. And one of the graphs that I found interesting was even still in, in late 2022, the disposable income for the average Australian household is still very, very high relative to 100 years worth of history yeah so that is what's giving the rba the the confidence to continue to increase rates because people sort of in their you know 20s early 30s that may have just bought a home and are pretty high highly indebted. they're the ones that are hurting that most of the population still have a lot of a lot of savings and a lot of it's to do with through covid it actually changed people's behaviors we've found yeah. as well so people yep. learnt to do less Live to with spend less. less and all Live those kind less, of yeah, things or, or or pivot their spending to certain things yep. and they've just those habits have now become ingrained so now they continue to do so yeah holidays and so, and some people are still a little bit you know cautious about you know going overseas and doing things and and all of that sort of stuff but that's what's resulted in inflation and those kind of things so from a from a finance and an analytical point of view 2020 has been a, a really interesting case study yeah nice one it's as you said it's unprecedented
0: like we haven't really had a year like this before but um those things you mentioned the war in the ukraine and now into the covid reaction and into inflation um is you know i heard on a different podcast this week danny that you know the u.s reserve bank their number one issue is inflation that's their number yep. one uh, concern so as you say interest rates go up which which hurts some doesn't hurt others it actually anyone that's got any money to invest it actually you know, they can get a better return on their money. So uh, interest rates going up, um, you know, can have a really negative effect on a lot of people, but that can be positive in other ways. So, and as you say, the, the banks or the, the governments don't really have a choice. You know, you've got to put these rates up to got slow to do spending it. down. So, um,
1: yeah, nice one. And so as, as Matt said last week too, and this is something that we... You know, a, a notion that the financial planning team of growth as well. Like a, a good thing to to do is is be in a position where you can adapt if need be. So we always say a good financial plan is one that's not locked in. It's not concrete. Like if something changes in your life like or a pandemic, economic, all those sort of <laughs> things, you should be able to change or pivot your financial plan if need be. And the same goes. The same goes with interest rates and and those kind of things. But to sort of tie it all together, how is interest rates and inflation and those kind of things, those factors in the world, how is How are those things relevant to investing or what we do in financial planning? So for anyone listening out there who, you know, may have been watching their share portfolio or the superannuation fund or any of those kind of things really go up and down and fluctuate very volatilely in 2022. It was very volatile. We had a few months that were really, really red and a few months that were really, really green. But for peace of mind for those people that when you're an investor in equities or shares or those kind of things all you're relying on is two things really, human consumption and human endeavor. So what I mean by that is human consumption. We're sitting in this room at the moment and we've got the light on and it's freezing in Geelong in mid-December in 2022. So we've got the (laughs) heater on at the same time. And then so therefore we're paying for utility bills or for fuel or for those kind of things. So all those things, that's all you're relying on is people you know, buying food at Woolies, going to Bunnings, all of that sort of stuff. Like that's going to continue irrespective of what happens unless, of course, a huge World War Three event happens. Human Endeavor is Mulcahy & Co., other businesses, either listed or private, trying to make more money next year than this year. And that's it. When you're a shareholder in those companies, you will materially benefit if they achieve that goal and if you as just a member of the public continue to consume like humans need to consume. Yep, yep. So that's the consumption and the endeavour. Consumption and endeavour. So as long as we rely on those two things and then you couple that with um, what we do at Mulcahy's, our investment strategy, which is what we call value investing so valuation investing without going into too much detail is a, a strategy that you employ when you're selecting your your portfolio effectively. Um, it's a, the, and what it does is it's meant to, by theory, and then we've actually seen through two case studies, which is COVID and also 2022 inflation and interest rates, for a valuation-based investment strategy um, tends to perform better when there is headwinds in the market. So inflation, pandemics interest rates increasing, all those kind of things. And it's all to do with the particular companies you end up deploying your money into. There are a few different types. Valuation ones tend to not be um, not be recession-proof or completely you know, um, immune to these kind of things, but they tend to be affected negatively less. A bit less than some others, yeah. I know there was an, a big example in the US at
0: the minute is the tech stocks. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the tech stocks, so Twitter, of course, what's yep. happening with Elon, and even Meta. Facebook, Instagram, yep. Google. They're all kind of laying off staff, um, you know, it doesn't mean they're going to go broke, but it just means that they're um slowing down a little bit. But as you say, Danny, you don't have to invest in those um those stocks, although that industry, like the tech industry is only 2% of the yep. of America's employment, you know. So, you sort of look at there's a whole lot of other, you know, um as you say, and we've said this on previous podcasts, you can invest in um, every everyday items like supermarkets and like um, petrol and oil and things like that that people are going to n- definitely need whether there's a pandemic or not.
1: You know. And the tech companies are a great example of almost the complete opposite of what we invest in. Yeah, and you know they, they're great. They they perform you know great service. Everybody loves volatile though. Isn't it? <laughs> everybody loves Netflix and those kind of things. Between invest, so they're a company typically that they're growing. High debts, all those kind of things. So like yep. a household, if you just think as a listener, if you're a household out there with a mortgage, what's happened to your expenses in the last eight months? Yeah, Gone through the roof. If you're also a big business owner, whether that's Facebook, Amazon, Google, whoever it might be, and you've got a $500 million or a billion dollar debt because you've bought a warehouse or your R&D has gone through the roof and your interest rate on that goes up 3%, 4%, 5%, you know, what happens to your bottom line? Yeah. At the same time, inflation's kicked in, so people are buying less Teslas, less TVs, less computers, less laptops, all those sort of things that you find at JB Hi-Fi or that, is, that are manufactured by Apple, et cetera. Yes, people are spending more on streaming services and those kind of things, but you can kind of very quickly just get a bit of a logical understanding of when inflation and interest rates um, do what they're doing at the moment, which companies would materially benefit or would materially not benefit. So it's just something to be mindful of as well and, and something that's at the really at the forefront of our mind, and it's actually of, of our mind, and also our philosophy, and it's actually resulted in some of what we call our, arguably our most common investment portfolios that we um, advise our clients to invest in. So, from a you know a, an equivalent um, like for like basis, which again I won't get into too much detail today, what that actually means, but from an apples for apples comparison basis, our portfolio, our commonly used portfolio, has actually outperformed about ten or twelve industry super funds over a 1 and a 3 and a 5 year period right. by a fair bit and and the main reason for that is and we discussed it on Monday is we have a bit of a bias towards the valuation based sort of companies and philosophy versus the growth based which are your tech stocks and and those kind of things or companies that are you know like um consumer discretionary items where you don't have to spend your money there yeah, you don't have you, to have it and you choose to yeah but again what happens to their bottom line when when headwinds sort of so that's something that is where you know we're not sorry for that it's something that we're quietly confident about it's our strategy that we've been ingraining to our clients for some time um, that's actually proven through COVID and 2022 arguably two of the ultimate stress test you could apply to a portfolio and we've come out of the other side of it you know we haven't overachieved but we're very very happy with with what we've been able to do and what we believe we will continue to do in the future
0: and as you say you've outperformed a lot of those larger you know industry-run super funds so that's that's definitely something that um to be proud of Danny for the team and anyone that's um been to any of our events I know we did an event in Geelong earlier this year and Jonathan from InvestSense came down to it and spoke uh really reiterated everything you just said then that's what he was talking about back then which was back at in May you know this year so Um, The fact that you've come out the other side outperforming um, some of those larger funds is is great news.
1: And it's always a moving object. So, you know, economic climates change. Um, We're obviously not sure when, when the central banks around the world will say, oh, we've increased rates a lot here. We've been able to manage inflation. The opposite of that is deflation and the economy actually, you know, doesn't grow. And if it doesn't grow and if, in fact, it shrinks for two quarters in a row, that's the basic definition of a recession. Yep. So that's what we're sort of treading that the, you know the treading on, on on thin ice with here at the moment. That ideally the central banks around the world achieve what they call the Goldilocks approach, where they slow inflation just enough so it's in a controllable level, you know, three or four percent, not eight, nine, ten yep. percent. And the GDP or the economy grows, and interest rates probably come back down again because they've arguably come up a bit a bit much just to sort of put the handbrake on. Yep. Um, but again, putting the handbrake on too hard for too long actually results in that R word getting spooked around the media, which is the recession. Now, another thing we discussed on Monday too is th- there are different types of those. There's good and bad recessions. Again, yeah. you you know, there's... Not good and bad debt. Was, was often talks on the podcast about good and bad debt. The economists have come out and said, you know, the recession of X, Y, Z year was the one we needed to have sort of thing. So a, a, a thing that a lot of our clients find comfort, comfort with, Gab, is, you know, as long as we can explain to clients why economic climates are the way they are why things are happening the way they are um a lot of a lot of clients get comfort and are actually happy with that if they ask us a question about the economy or their portfolio or whatever it might be um particularly in 2022 where there's been so much going on like i said you know us finance Changes guys weekly yeah. are really nerded out about it as long as we can answer those questions then they're typically happy but if we can't then it's it's a red flag so our relationship with the, the team in Sydney in InvestSense is really a point of difference that we can provide our clients that arguably um, a lot of our competitors competitors can't do.
0: Yep, and people, uh, our listeners need to probably understand too, Danny, that uh, the, the, there's no guesswork happening here. So it's all uh, based on um, historical information about the markets. InvestSense have got a big research um area team, yep. team uh, that sort of look after this stuff and really heavily look at trends and whatever so um yeah it's not like someone going oh i think this stock would be a good thing or i think i might put myself in a super fund over there it's not it's always pretty well uh, thought through and with reasoning behind and research behind which kind of brings us back to this idea that we spoke about with matt egan uh in the last episode about getting your your expert involved you know for your advice and um Uh, I know that's sort of one of the topics we want to talk about today Danny is just how valuable is that advice when you get it from somebody that's in it every day you know um, clients walk through the door here Danny and they don't always understand uh, everything we're talking about uh, sometimes but they sort of put their trust in us that we are gonna uh, do the right thing and um, get them out the other side of a pandemic or whatever it is or out of the other side of inflation like what's happening at the moment. So. Can you talk to that a little bit, Danny, about the advice
1: and and just how valuable that is? Yeah, can do so. Uh, In 2020, actually, there was a report commissioned by Russell Investments that came out. And for us financial planners around uh, Australia and the world, it was a real godsend because they actually were able to, with assumptions, yes, I do admit, they were able to quantify... The annual value of advice so not just the investment returns that we can get you because arguably we can advise to do a few things and put your money to in a certain area but there becomes a point where it's outside of our control as in i don't know if the cba is going to go to up 10 percent tomorrow or down 10 percent tomorrow or whichever stock it might be what bitcoin's going to do um, but you know it's more the overall value that a financial planner can provide and the investment report by Russell Investments, they came up with five, five categories. We'll go into a bit more detail on another pod, but in a higher level, one of them's asset allocation. So what percentage of your money goes where? Nothing more complex than that. And what I mean by that is, does X percent go to America? Does X go to the UK, India, Brazil, gold, all those sort of things? So that's an important one. What we believe is the most important and something that I'm personally very passionate about is your behaviours or behavioural finance. So... And another really good example of that is through COVID, when markets tanked in the first part of the year, of the year, a bad behavior. It would historically turn out would have been to sell all your assets to cash or convert your super to cash and leave it there, because as a result of doing that, Gavin, you don't actually get get exposure to the upswing on the other side, which we saw, you know, in that in the in the twenty twenty one financial year, we saw investment returns of a lot of high growth portfolios of up to twenty five percent in yep. one year's time. Now, if your money was in cash in that period, you've probably returned negative. So that's yep. a that's a big one.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's that, and that was a good example of you've spoken about behavioral before, you know, yep. behavioral investing and, and finance. Mm-hmm. But it does yeah, you're right. It's sort of um it it's sort of almost like and I know <laughs> even Thane's been on the podcast in the past and written articles about the art of doing nothing sometimes, you know. Yep. So it's the art of understanding your investments so that you don't panic. Big one. Yeah. So then
1: the third one there is cash and the cost of cash, which that might surprise a lot of people. But again, if someone comes up to me and says, hey, I've just inherited you know, 500 grand, I'm a bit worried, I'm just going to leave it in the bank, and we show them a historical alternative of what cash would have been versus some others, you are arguably made a bad choice. Now, cash is king to a degree. You need cash to pay for things. It's important to have a cash reserve or an emergency fund me, or a cash cushion, but having the bulk of your savings just in cash you know, brings in what we call opportunity cost. So we'll, we'll talk about that one. Yep. Um, the fourth one as well are things like taxation. So making sure that we're making um, tax-effective investment to- choices. So what we mean by that is do we invest through superannuation? Do we invest with some debt to get tax deductions? Do we focus on some dividends? And in Australia we have franking credits which we've spoken about in the in the past before, but it's just deciding which entity or how do we invest our money, whose name, if in a couple, does one person earn more than the other? Is it more tax advantageous for the portfolio to be owned jointly or solely? These are the questions that we ask. Absolutely. And yeah. then the big one, which is all encompassing basically and is what you were saying before, is our expert advice. So knowing what things are, what rules are, what legislation is currently in vogue, what's actually appropriate for you right now, X, Y, Z, and that's as, as long as a piece of string. It's hard to it's hard to measure that, but that is basically you, as in the client, coming to us and saying, "Hey, I've got four options that I literally think are legitimate for me. Of the four, which ones? Uh, which one is the best, and why? And the why is key, and the why is." the expert advice that we provide our clients. Yep.
0: And that's that idea of being, working in an environment day in, day out, having access to your meeting on Monday with InvestSense who have got a team of research people. Yep. So I think that's the thing that people need to in- incorporate when they uh, get charged a fee, you know, to, to manage a portfolio or whatever is, that's what we're talking about here with these five steps or these five different, re- it's really the, you know, all of those get added together to, to sort of, and that's what the um, the 2020 poll, uh, sorry, the research the research that in, came out. in
1: 2020. So they kind of put a value on each step, didn't they? They did. So they said, okay, all of those things equate to your fee plus the actual return that they can give. So again, we're not talking about the return on your investments here. We're saying those five value adds that an, that an advisor can provide a client on average quantified over a year is actually equivalent to 5.2% of a return Because as I said, with cash, like it might be not losing money or it might be not paying tax. So you're not going to see that as a, you know, I made 10% of my portfolio today, but it's a matter of how much did you not lose? What decision did you make at that particular point in time when you could have gone 50-50? Now, you put 5.2% on top of the investment returns we're getting for our clients and that figure starts to become quite appealing, which then, as you said, it starts to become a question of, well, the fee that we're paying our white-collar professional is absolutely worthwhile because the quantifiable value that we're getting is miles ahead of what it's costing us. Absolutely.
0: And that's the thing about... We, we often say it on the podcast with some other of our professionals here at Co. but that idea of getting a somebody that does it day in, day out and has a, a huge knowledge about this industry, that's what you need to tap into and trust that that expert advice is going to get you where you need to get to. And it's just interesting that these kind of five um, steps has sort of ended up equating to sort of an extra five or so percent um, on top of your investment. So um, it probably just reiterates the idea of having an expert in place rather than, you know, trying to be an expert in that yourself when, you know, you're trying to be an expert in your own business or whatever else you're doing in your own life. So um, that's huge though, Danny, isn't it? And when you add that to say how earlier in the podcast you mentioned about how your um, uh, investments had outperformed some of the, the largest ones in Australia over the last 12 months. Um, yeah, it sort of becomes quite a, a big amount of money, doesn't
1: it? And then you add on top of that too. So, you, you know, people might have their money with an industry fund, which you could argue is being invested tax effectively because superannuation is tax effective depending on the person. But what other value ad, was their advisor giving them through whichever super fund it was without naming any names yep. and, Unless you've had, you know, a couple of emails, phone calls, even a review with an advisor from a super fund, you probably haven't received any value add. And if you had, it would have all been positioned and very biased towards that particular fund as well. Because clearly, you know, industry fund um, employee A isn't going to recommend industry fund B. Because that obviously goes against all their KPIs and their boss is going to say, hey, what are you doing? We've lost all this fund. that's
0: That's an independence that we can sort of offer our clients here isn't it that we have got that independence from any of the big investments um so and and super companies etc so we can provide you with just with the best advice rather than just whatever exactly
1: and then through through 2022 as a lot of the time we've met with clients who you know they've come into the meeting quite stressed out not so much at us or them just just about the world in general it was in 2022 a lot of things have happened like What's happening in the world has gone crazy. Has has been, you know, thrown around a lot. And then, that expertise part. So the five options there, just the expertise of us, just reminding clients of this is what's happening in the world and why. This is why this is occurring. This is what we expect in the future. All those kind of things. We don't we don't proclaim uh, that we will be one hundred percent on the money every single time because no one no one is. But as long as you can speak generally, and a lot of the time we refer to seasons. So in the summertime, you know it's going to be, except for this summer, you know that it's going to be warm (laughs) in general. But you don't know that the 27th of January is going to be 32 degrees. We don't know that now, but we know that January is warmer than winter. So we always use that analogy. So we can say we expect the future to be a bit you know, rainy, a little bit stormy because we're not quite sure what's going to happen with the interest rates and inflation. But we, know we know the, the general market. direction it's going in. Correct. Yeah. And we yep. know what's go- what to expect in those particular times, how to largely mitigate against them, which then breeds, you know, um, gives rise to the other one there, which is your behaviours. You, you can control your reaction to things. Mm. You can't control what happens, but you can control your reaction. So if you see read on the news at six o'clock five days in a row you can control not to sell your shares you can also control to invest more if appropriate for you yeah which could arguably be better off over the long term but this is all So this is part of you know the, the year that we've had a lot of our clients have just wanted that reassurance yeah, yeah Like we, yeah. We, we've had meetings where we've effectively changed nothing from the meeting we have a meeting and we have a list of action items so i've met with gavin and we're doing xyz from here on in yep I've more times than ever this year just been met with Gavin and spent forty five minutes, you know, listening to their um, to their grievances and their stresses and their concerns, their concerns all yeah. those sort of things, which is what we do, and then we just reassure them about all those kind of things. Yeah, and for some people, that is priceless. That's the advice. That's yeah. and, and in a way, that's the advice you're paying for too, Danny. So, yep.
0: and that's the thing um, that you know, um, there's a very very good quote. Uh, historically it says you know the best advice you can get is the one is the advice you pay for because um whenever there's sort of free advice going around quite often it's not the quality advice that you need so and and look nobody could have predicted on australia day last year or this year that there was going to be a war in three weeks time uh, overseas which is going to heavily affect all financial markets in the world so we thought we were just recovering from covid at that time so you can't and then predict that but as you say danny if you've got Someone like InvestSense in the background doing all the research um, and understanding how this could have how this kind of thing has affected markets in the past, um, you can sort of predict that stormy uh, or that general direction of where the way markets might go. So um, yeah, so I, I probably can't recommend that that idea more heavily to our listeners about getting an expert involved. It's like I make the analogy, Danny, with. With uh, friends and family and clients that, you know, I, I don't mow my lawns at home. I get hay fever badly. So <laughs> I outsource that to an expert, you know, my lawn always looks great because uh, someone turns up and does it. So you can't, um, and I'll, I'll just go go to work and earn that money. So I'd like to, you no, know, sometimes you just need that expert in your life running it. It's like you don't try and cut your own hair. You go to a hairdresser, they're an expert. So it's the same thing with financial investing it's the
1: same thing with your tax the same thing with your home loan so all those things that we talk about on the pod and just lastly about the the expertise thing and something gabby wanted to touch on so it's not always our expertise is not always um you know for the positive and the fun things in life so a big part of financial planning and any good plan is to have protection in place just like you have home and contents insurance and those kind of things and gabby you and i have made a few podcasts and we've touched on insurances a bit but you know quite recently actually we had um a client who, you know, cross-divisional client at Mulcahy, so they, they use more than one division at the firm. Very valued. Unfortunately diagnosed with, with terminal illness, and, you know, two, two medical professionals have said, you know, your life expectancy is now very short relative to what it should be. Right. Which is very unfortunate. Tragic news. Of course yeah. it is, absolutely. Going back to the expertise thing, when they engaged us, part of our expertise at that time was to recommend a decent suite of personal insurances, it actually turns out that the client was initially diagnosed with this in 2019 and they claimed on a policy, got a very healthy six digit payout, which helped at that point in time. This client's quite high up in their career. So, you know, they're, you at know, the think of their earning ability, the yeah. numbers that they're dealing with the way of homes and mortgages and those kind of things were h- higher than average. So, you know, people might think, well, they've had one payout. How much more do they need? Well, again, this is, they were sort of higher up. And then unfortunately um, the illness has has, has um, recurred to the point that it's now incurable and it's terminal. So we obviously put in an insurance claim only in sort of late October, early November, and then which was quite difficult to go through because even the claim process, like insurance companies, don't make it easy. And you can understand why they need to prove that they're going to pay you at a decent six-figure um, amount of money. They need to prove that they're doing it because. It's within their rights and those kind of things. So I, I get it, but yeah. you've got to fill out a 25-page claim form, which yes. is a bit hard to do when emotionally you're going through all this sort of stuff. So Absolutely. our expertise, we were able to help our client through that. to so As much as we could do, all they really needed to do was get their GP or the medical professional to fill out those parts. We did the rest, and I was able to have a conversation with the client and their partner a week or two ago that the the quite healthy six-figure Um, amount of money would be credited to their bank account by midway through the next week and then I put a LinkedIn um, post up about it and the client actually said that this conversation and this result has resulted in you know the weight of world being lifted off their shoulders so they can now spend the rest of the time they have with their family and not worry about the financial um, position that they're going to leave them in absolutely and and that was it was a very bittersweet conversation to have I, I was happy I was able to give them good news in a very bad time. But I was also happy that us and the team here were able to provide them with some level of comfort and some level of peace of mind that whilst their life is about to drastically change, at least the financial burden of the whole thing was completely removed. So school fees were paid, mortgages were paid off, the family are planning a a one last gasp you know trip around the world um just for that memory sake those kind of things that they're now now able to do so and have all become possible because of the personal insurances in place um
0: you've helped them through the claim process so as tragic as a terminal illness um you know is for anyone um and you know just taking that it must have felt good danny to have that sort of take away that real um, stress of the financial side, which sometimes can kind of overpower everything else because you're like, I'm terminal, so I'm, I'm not going to be here much longer, but what sort of condition am I leaving my family in um, financially? But on this occasion, that's sort of like, uh, you know, it's almost like it's all taken care of. It's an afterthought. Yep, um, Danny's team sorted me out. And we can go on and, and have a nice big trip and have one last hurrah with
1: um, your client. Um, yeah, it did it did feel good you know it's always one of those things I wish I didn't have to have the conversation but ha- being able to have it and hearing their reaction on the other end and I mentioned to you off-air gap, I sort of pulled the phone away and had to sort of just compose myself a little bit as well because of how I was reacting to the whole thing but absolutely it was nice for us and our team who did most of the work to be able to have that that positive influence um right at the end there. But. It's just an, an another part of financial planning, life in general, and another, another thing that's happened in twenty twenty two. So it's never, it's not not always, you know, sunshines and and rainbows and and those kind of things. Unfortunately, it's challenging year, was.
0: hasn't it? Yeah, and and when you tell a story like that, it's been more challenging for some than others as well. Like we can all sit around and go, oh, this and that, and COVID happened, and now there's a war in Ukraine, and now the inflation. Hang on, we've just got one of Danny's clients it's been diagnosed with a terminal illness so that's that's it it's going to be it for them so i think you can always put things in perspective um it does sort of hark back to our fs360 12 step process it Danny, does. um because the idea of your client coming in uh they get this some they might get their tax done here they might get their home loans done here they get all their financial planning and personal insurances done as we just mentioned um but really that is the why about why all the mulca and co staff come to work the why is in this situation, uh, the, all the work we've done on their financial security in the past has come to fruition. So that's that uh, really gives everyone that works here um, a why to their work. Everyone knows that you, you come to work and you've you got to earn a living and uh, you've got to have some expertise in a certain area. But a situation like what you've just been through, Danny, gives, gives um, purpose to your work,
1: doesn't it? Exactly and now that 2022 sort of rounding out we're getting into the festive season and a bit of a time where you don't have a lot of people are on leave for two or three weeks so they've got a little bit of time just to relax and unwind and you know enjoy each other's company your family and those kind of things and it's actually a really good opportunity to um, you know do things like review you know what are your goals and objectives what do you what do you want to achieve in life so You know, a lot, a big, a a common question we ask clients in a meeting is, "What are your goals and objectives?" And it's hard to answer that off the cuff like that. And if you do give an answer on the spot, correct, and it's if you do give an answer, a lot of the time we as the planner can pretty quickly work out that it's not really that passionate. You don't really care about it. You've just answered it just to answer the question. But yeah, we we do encourage clients or listeners to the pod. You know, over the next two or three weeks. Do sit down with your other half or yourself or whoever it might be and just maybe review what you're trying to achieve in life. Have have what's happened in the last two or three years. Has that resulted in your behaviours changing? Your what, What's important to you? Has that, has that resulted in those things changing? A lot of people have found that, you know, it's not all about money and finances and making as much money as possible. It's about, like our client with their critical illness um, issue, it's about making memories and achieving what's important. What are you passionate about? How, how can we help you achieve those things, which then obviously extend into our, our risk plan, asset protection plan, retirement plan, business plan, marketing, super investments. That, that all stems from firstly, just taking stock about where you currently are now and where you'd like to get to in two, three, five years time. Yep
0: and as you say I think it is a good time of year to we all kind of wind down not everyone gets the the shutdown periods but quite a few businesses will shut down for a week or two Danny so you're sort of forced to have this break your mind might be used to going at 100 miles an hour with work and the kids school and whatever you've been doing but um, on this occasion uh, over Christmas is really in Australia it's a funny spot It's, it's our big summer break but it's also our, our christmas um whereas you know in the in the northern hemisphere it's you know they split that up uh, in two yep. different parts of the year but down here everything seems to happen at once so it does force you to slow your thinking down and maybe it would be a good time to think about your goals and objectives with um and getting a, maybe thinking about getting a few things like this in place for 2023
1: because the one thing is we don't know what the future holds so what you can do as i said before you can control your behavior so a behavior is what what plan can we put in place um that best enables us to deal with whatever headwinds might might come up so it's always good to think about and plan for all the positive things to occur in life like yep. i said you know what we like to talk about at work is clients achieving things knocking you know ticking goals off here we've got you um not that it's everything but you're 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 Returns were X this year, you're happy with that, all of those kind of things. But it's also good to know that if things go pear-shaped, then your risk mitigation plan is also in place that's that's going to help there as well. So, yeah, a good opportunity over the next two or three weeks just for people to take stock and maybe review things and then get in contact early 2023 because – as uh, we discussed this on Monday, economically as well, you know, we've got no idea what's going to happen in 2023, 2024, 2025. So will it be another 2022 with as much volatility and as much change economically as we've seen? Arguably not because this year has been quite unprecedented by, you know, in Australia, for example, rates have risen very, very quickly by by a lot as well, almost more than ever. So will that happen again? Arguably not, but... Nobody knows. Nobody
0: knows. Just like we didn't know there was going to be a war in the Ukraine and all this inflation coming, Danny. Um, You've got a bit of a message for our listeners about Christmas spending too, Danny. And this is, um, I know you've sort of been mentioning this to a few of your clients the last few weeks, but
1: it's a good Christmas message, I reckon. So I'll leave it, I'll uh, hand it over to you. It is a good one. So, you know, as we've touched on, if you've got your two or three weeks off or um, you're going home for Christmas Eve and all those kind of things, it's a time of year where you can get a bit frivolous with your spending and and tap your your card a bit more (laughs) than you otherwise would, whether that's at the shops to buy Christmas presents for people or you're going to see people, hospitality, you go for a coffee or whatever with people that you might otherwise not see throughout the year but just be mindful as to how much you are spending and if you do have goals in place like commonly our clients have regular savings plans where they might invest a thousand bucks a month direct debit just make sure that you still have the thousand dollars left over to invest you don't want the short-term benefit of catching up with a friend and, and tapping maybe a few too many times to get in the way of those goals and objectives and a good way to counteract is just with today's day and age, you can open up new bank accounts very, very easily. Um, maybe now or early in the year, just open up another bank account and, and set up a little direct debit for Christmas spending. Literally, it might be whatever it is—fifty bucks a month or something. Then you've got five hundred six hundred bucks at Christmas or New Year next year that you can go and spend whenever you, however you like, and it's not getting in the way of anything. And that that guilt—that again, going back to behaviour finance—and you know, a lot of people have guilt after tapping their card a little bit. That's almost not there anymore because you've planned for it and it's not getting in the way of everything. So of anything. So um, that would be not a bad one. Like it's, you know, it's, previously being called the christmas club i know a bank a bit one of the bigger banks had one of these where you could only access it in the month of december which yep. is quite clear they sort of went out of vogue a little bit but i do like the theory of it yeah, yeah it makes a lot of sense
0: and i think too you know we don't want the headline to be mole and co doesn't want people to uh, enjoy christmas Correct. that's not what we're about but we want you to enjoy it but then not lose sight of your goals and objectives yep. not lose sight of what your budgeting is so pre plan pre plan it, you know, next year, as you say, Danny, you can have it in a different account. Um, so that when it comes to Christmas, let's say you might be hosting Christmas next year at your house and you think, that's gonna cost me now like an extra thousand dollars next year because I've got to buy all the food buy and buy the know, turkey. Or whatever. So so you might think, okay, I'm gonna pre plan that. I'm not just gonna be hit with that in December in my and throw my December budget out. I'm gonna think about it in January and that could be part of your goals and objectives over this break. So good advice, Danny. I like that. Very good. You should have been a Old school bank manager years ago, you know, someone telling you exactly what, we used to have dollar mine accounts for kids and yeah, the Christmas clubs and yeah, so, but as you say, with digital these days, it's, it's so easy to take money back out of your savings and put it in your spendings yep. um, a bit too easily. So um, yeah, good advice, mate. That was really good. And then... When are we closing over Christmas, Gav? Yeah, we've got a – I just wanted to, yeah, mention um, we've got this up on our website and uh, out on our socials as well. But uh, the Mulcahy offices, so we're talking Ballarat, Geelong, Sunshine Coast, Mildura and Ararat, all closing on the 22nd uh, of December our last day, which is Thursday, uh, the 22nd. And we're all opening back up on Monday the 9th of January. So a um, bit of an extended break for the guys here at Mulcahy Co. Um, for anything emergency-wise, um, if you email one of our um, – uh, staff. Everyone will have their own sort of email signatures. Uh, res- all their responses set up uh, in case they are available for things. Like, I know there's things like um, uh, settlements happening and yep. for legal and whatever. So of property. So um, there's a potentially a bit of a skeleton staff happening in certain offices for certain reasons. But yeah, if you're worried, just get in touch with your with your contact here at Mulcahy and Co. It, yeah, but shutting on the 22nd is our last day of business, um, and then back open on the 9th of January.
1: So. Good. looking forward to a nice break
0: and just wanted to mention too before we finish up Danny that that value of advice podcast we're going to do that in January yeah so we that, will. that's the five steps we spoke about earlier i think it's really good to understand what those five Things are because it does really give you an, uh, uh, the feeling of confidence that your advisor is, uh, you know, a trusted sort of advisor in your, in your financial life. I suppose so.
1: We'll deep dive in on the five, and yeah. we might apply a couple of case studies um, to the whole concept, and just so the listeners out there can um, benchmark themselves against it as, as close as possible without being completely them as well. So, yep, yep. And hopefully,
0: if you take all that on, you can benefit in five point two percent higher. You know, in your investment. So, but thanks again, Danny, for today. That's our Christmas episode wrapped up. I should put some Christmas music on at the
1: end in a section. Uh, we've got Christmas carols happening in the office. In the office. There's a lot I of do not going. like Christmas carols. <laughs> I love Christmas time. Everything yeah. about it I love. <laughs> Christmas carols I'm not a fan of.
0: So. I think we just hear a lot of them and all together. You know, like you in the supermarket you hear it, in the cafe you hear it, and the, at work you hear it, and on the radio when you're driving the car you hear it. So, yeah, I don't mind Christmas carols either, but maybe they're just overdone. There's too many of them going
1: on this time of year. I'm happy just to listen to Paul Kelly, The Gravy Song.
0: (laughs) That's it. Over and over. That's his Christmas, good Christmas one. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for coming in. And uh, that's episode 51 done, guys. Happy Christmas to everyone and see you in 2023. Thanks, Gav. You've been listening to the FS360 podcast brought to you by Mulcahy Co. Financial Security 360 is at the centre of what we do at Mulcahy Co. If you'd like to speak to one of our professionals about a range of individual and business needs... Give us a call.